This month's Where Did the Road Go is brought to you by eight amazing people. Greg Ross, Illuminati, Allison Cook, Super Inframan, 36 Dingo, Michael Fritschke, Dr. O in Teberg, and Doug Malam. Thank you all so very much for helping make this show possible. Transmission start. Welcome to Where Did the Road Go? Join us as we wander off the path and explore lost history, consciousness, the paranormal, unexplained mysteries, alternative thought, and much more. We are present on the web at wheredidtheroadgo.com. Now here is your host, Soraya. Welcome to this edition of Where Did the Road Go? And I have, uh, looks like Joshua Cutchin. Hey, you pronounced my name right. Uh, I'm sorry. Like I, five episodes. I appreciate it. He's got that. it written down phonetically on his board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tried to pronounce it wrong and I accidentally got it right. I'm sorry. Uh, we, <laughs> we got a stranger named Rojan. Hello. You know, there was a guy Hi, named Rojan. There was a guy named Rojan I used to know did Project Archivist. Yeah, I fell off the earth for a little while. I'm still kind of like hanging on the edge of it, just kind of like observing what's going on yeah. for the most part, but I'm still around. I'm Ed, still here. Edge of the flat earth, huh? Yeah, exactly. There's people all around the world that believe in flat earth. So, exactly. You know, yeah. You're on the edge of it. I'm not one of them. <laughs> all around the globe. And all, all around the globe. Say. Yes. And uh, Greg Bishop, who hasn't been on in too long. Way too long. Hello. Way too long. I don't know the last time you were on, actually. I, regu- oh, I don't know, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I regularly think of, I should have Greg on for this, and then I don't contact you. This is fine. I'm, I am grateful to be on now, and I'm glad we're catching up. Yes, and this this came together. This was a little hard to schedule, but I, I think we got it. And uh, Rosian had actually uh, been the one who contacted me and said, hey, can we do a show on, on on the disclosure stuff with Greg and Josh? And I said, yes, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. And then weeks later, I finally, you know, followed up on it. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I just threw it out there because I was like, hey, why not? Let's give this a shot, thinking there's no way in the world this is going to happen. And then, sure enough, there it was. And uh, Greg, you've you've been, I mean, you have the history part of this. I mean, you wrote Project Beta. You've seen this. How many times do you think you've seen this cycle run? Oh, three or four times, I guess. And then there's stuff before me in history that people don't think about either or talk about and don't realize you know, that, that, that the boy has been crying wolf for like 60 years or 70 yeah. years or something. Yeah, we, we read an article on some, from some newspaper talking about a disclosure-like thing from like the 50s. I think Jason Colavito had put it up. <laughs> what was that? I just said, mama, mama. <laughs> so i mean obviously the most important thing that's happened recently is is the the mummy yeah <laughs> no, there's more stuff going on now than i remember ever happening but it seems to be following the same script and the same you know if you think about nikki's thompson way the, the angels and aliens guy it's following the 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 the, the archetypes and the and the and the mythology exactly as it should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I, I, I just reposted the first show I did on Kundalini. And in the beginning, I edited out this whole thing where I was talking about the uh, joke of the uh, Roswell slides. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the same thing all over again. Yeah. There was this big production and it turned out to be nothing like what it was promised. Yeah. I was yeah, in yeah. that, I was in that group by default, the Roswell slides group that kind of found out. It's like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's a it's a mummified kid yeah. yeah 
Well, it, I, I remember. I remember when. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't. No, go ahead. Step. Uh, I was just going to say for this latest uh, event, I remember seeing a lot of chatter online about how Ryan Graves was going to be involved, and everyone was saying, "Hey, hey, Ryan, uh, Jaime Mosan is." is is involved in this. Maybe you want to sort of step back. And he's like, no, any attention is good attention. And then like two days after the event, he's like, yeah, that was kind of a regrettable, <laughs> regrettable <laughs> thing that I did. It's like, you know, that, that's something that I find really interesting is that there's um, in some of these, with some of these new characters and new players that are coming up, there's an underestimation of some of the institutional knowledge that some of the more level-headed members of the UFO community um, possess, and you know, I think that I think that they should be involved in the discussion about like who is credible and and you know, I, and not not that they should be arbiters of it, but they should be their advice should be sought, I guess. Well, there was supposed to be, um, I think there was four or five more people that were supposed to be at that last hearing but apparently they received phone calls and were told you know do not go to this do not participate in this really? now i don't again i don't know how true that is and i don't have the names in front of me but there was a list of names and stuff like that um but who knows how that is you know um but there was there were supposed to be more people there and they just you know that they got what they got and that was it yeah if you if anybody has been in this for more than like 10 or 15 years they would not need that advice right you know it just i i i I don't know why people keep people keep going back or thinking that's going to be any different or whatever. And it looks different to begin with. This has looked quite a bit different to begin with. It's sure. very loud, but the, but the way it plays out is the same story. It seems to me um, a lot of promises, a lot of just like what the U S government is right now is like the biggest UFO fan ever going, Oh my God, look at this. Oh my God. Have you heard of this? Oh yeah. my God. And then, and then it's like, you know, what happened? Well, I don't know. It just, it just kind of stopped. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and it's, I don't think it stopped yet, but the thing is, it's just, I mean, we can get into it more, but somebody very badly wants us to pay really close attention or somebody to pay or people to pay close attention to the UFO thing for whatever reason. And, and I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that could be, I mean, part of it could be military spending. I mean, that, that seems to be the most obvious oh, one. Tons, yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's my biggest problem with the UFO community in general is that they, they spend so much time focusing on exopolitics that they forget about geopolitics. And uh, that's a huge component in this. I don't know what role it plays, but I, I really do suspect that, as you alluded, that does have some sort of role to play in this whole thing. Well, they did yeah. bring up in the because uh, I just watched I went back and rewatched the entire thing tonight just before the show. I'm sorry to get brushed up. No, it's fine. I, I don't mind because I didn't watch the whole thing last time it was on. I kind of got the highlights and stuff when I was watching it before. There was a lot of um, I don't know, kind of like a, I want to say Richard Doty kind of if I hope I'm using the right person. But there was a lot of kind of, well, I could tell you about that. But I can't tell you about it in public, but I could tell you about it in yeah, private. Yeah. You know, stuff like that kind of speak going on. And when I see that kind of stuff going on immediately it just turns me off it's like it, it's like greg said it's like this is a you're you're spill, you're throwing that spin in there there's that kind of scriptedness to this and if that's the case if you're not going to go to one of these hearings and if you're one of the whistleblowers and if you're not going to go there and actually talk about this stuff completely 
then what's the point of even then I don't even care what you have to say. I mean, if you're going to throw that kind of stuff out there or, you know, things like that, I can't talk about right now or then why are you here? Why? Yeah. Cause there was also a point in there where the guy said, well, I'm, I'm in the government. What do you mean? It's top secret. If I can't see it, then who can see it? Yeah. Well, there's certain people and, and okay, well, what people are what ranks? Well, there's this and there's that. It's like, stop being vague about it. Otherwise you're just wasting our time. And they did bring up in there to go back to your point earlier, they did specifically bring up that the how the military's budget or um, defense spending, every time they audit them, they're always off. They're always off by like a million dollars or however much money they're off every year. And nobody says a word about it. Nobody yeah. says anything. It's kind of brushed over. So what I when I'm watching, I'm just like, there's there's really nothing. There's not a whole lot here. They're, all they're saying is. Yes, we saw these crafts. We it's, a lot of it was the TikTok craft, um, but ultimately there wasn't a whole lot of substance to this stuff. However, I you know they were like, yes, we did see this stuff, you know. And then one of them was, um, which I can't remember his name, Grouch or Grouch or no, Grouch. Yeah, sorry. He was one of the people that was like, yeah, we do have alien crafts. Well, where are they at? Well, I can't talk about that. Well, do we have alien bodies? Well, I, I believe we have alien bodies, but I haven't seen them. I've been told. Well, who do we talk about this? Well, I can give you a list of names. In private, you know, stuff like that. It's like you're this, you're the guy the that same thing has happened to UFO research. It happened to me. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's just the same stuff over and over again. It's like, why are why is you're not really other than a couple of the other pilots that were there that I did feel they were being honest, but they also really didn't know that much. They didn't know that much more than what they were actually saying. So I don't think that they were in a position to be able to really spew anything out there for the most part. You know, they were just like, there was the guy that shot the TikTok video and stuff. And they were like, yeah, this is what I saw. I hear I did see this, you know, me and several other people saw it. They're like, well, did anybody come after you for this, you know, a superior officer on the mission? He's like, no, I was a superior officer on the mission. Yeah. So, and there, you know, there, there's but, also this, this weird belief that because these people are in the military, they're going to know about everything that's flying in our skies, whether it be ours or enemies. You know, so if they don't know what it is, clearly it's alien. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how this works. Yeah, that's that's something that Walter Bosley said when I had this conversation with him was basically, you know, it's it was very presumptive of anyone who's seen this to say, well, I know what we have and this isn't anything like what we have. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a real need to know sort of basis going on here. Um, Rogan, I'm just going to head you off at the pass a little bit and correct you so that the YouTube commenters won't have to. Oh, you go, keep, go say, you yeah, keep right. saying you keep saying tick tock and it's tick tack. Tick tack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, they actually brought that Same up difference. in the hearings as well about how people keep mispronouncing it. Right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm no, glad no, you no. That. So I would, I, I'm probably still going to do it just out of habit. But, anyways, <laughs> well, we acknowledge it, so we'll receive like ten fewer comments about that. Um, no, I, I, I've been trying to be relatively positive on this whole thing. Um, you know, I, I obviously share a lot of the skepticism that y'all do. I, I, I would like to say that. I think that there is a certain historical aspect to the hearings that happened at the, you know, uh, end of July, beginning of August, um, whenever that particular date was, um, that, you know, that, that needs to be acknowledged. And, uh, you know, I, I will also say that I don't know what the quote unquote, you know, objective truth is behind this, this thread that's being tugged on. <clears throat> but I will say that I do not fall in the camp that Grush himself is being deliberately deceptive. Um, you know, I've talked to some folks who are like, look in the eyes, you can see it in his eyes. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's MK ultra or something like that. And I'm like, I just, I just don't necessarily think that. I, I think that if anything, I heard he was a little spectrum ish and that, that was, might be why he has, has that look on his face. 
Mm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of discussion of that. Um, I, I, I just think that it's, it's not a, it's not a mark against him, but that was the reason. I, I, I think that if if what we're seeing here is is probably a couple of things that range from um, you know he's being utilized to get some sort of message out to some party uh, in some sense. Or it's this uh, idea that uh, Red Pill Junkie put forth, which is this idea of model collapse. And he was citing something that a lot of the AI theorists are concerned about with this AI generation, where they're sort of starting to feed on AI-generated content to produce more AI-generated yeah. content. It's sort yeah. of becoming self, self-confirming self and that sort of thing. So he sort of drew the comparison between the hearings or you know, Gresh's testimony specifically and, and that in the sense that it's the self uh, reinforcing Ouroboros of information where of course his stories sound like the stories that we've been hearing over the past, let's keep the scope small five years or so because those are the stories that he's repeating. So of course yeah, they're, they're yeah. referencing themselves. Yeah. Now didn't Dodie show up in all this somewhere? I don't know. He should have. <laughs> I thought Ren posted. He didn't have to because he's. Yeah, go ahead. What, what were you about to say? I, I got to look it up. I got to see. Ren had said something about uh, him pop being popped into the whole mix of everything. Let me see if I can. Was find he in it. the background? Because there was somebody there, somebody oh. special there that was in the background. Like they somebody had stopped the video and circled him or something like that. But again, because I'm being vague about it, I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't think Dodie was there. I, I don't. And I think that at this point, if they do something like this, I don't think they want Dodie there. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's, he's a wild card that does. It, it's not going to work if they're trying to control a message or do something. I mean, it, they they want the UFO people to be and whoever is interested and whoever's watching. And as Josh said, geopolitical. As we're, we were watching this, I said a couple of people were asking me, like, what, what ah. is, you know, this is amazing. I said. The audience for this is not you and me. The audience for this is worldwide and especially people in other countries. So it was that somebody on Twitter posted a clip of Dodie talking about how we have aliens and so on and so forth. Uh, it was on TikTok. That's what it was. And it said okay. it has 2 million likes, 2 million <laughs> likes on TikTok. And uh, Josh, you responded with 2 million people know who Dodie is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that is. If it's bot farming or of likes or something, but yeah. It was... don't, don't tell him that. He'll get really happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and then Ren responded with 2 million people have no idea who Dodie is, yeah. which is of course why they're liking the video. Right. Yeah. Because they haven't heard this before. And I mean, it's new to people and it's just, it, people don't know this like cat and mouse thing going on. It's been going on forever. And it's not because somebody wants to reveal something or whatever. They they want to cover something up. It has nothing to do with UFOs. Yeah. And I don't think we'll ever find out what it has to do with. However, the people like Mellon and you know people like that are, who are interested in it, the congressmen, all those people and women that were in the in the hearing, they sincerely are interested in the subject. And yes. I think it's good that they get they get interested, get more information about it. Go through the ringer of the, the belief ringer or whatever. Hopefully they don't all have binary thinking where it's like it's there or not or it does or it doesn't exist because that's the worst thing you can do with UFOs. But yeah, um, the fact that it's higher profile is good. And, uh, uh, you know, what what uh, um, who did you say, uh, Josh? And somebody said that any exposure is good. Um, yeah. I think it is, and the main reason I think it is is because, I, for the same reason, I think the original New York Times article from 2017, December of 2017, I think that article was not put out there. I think it was the opening shot of what's going on right now. 
Yeah. But I think one of the reasons it was put out there and probably pushed in the beginning, these are all the things that Bigelow and, and who was a congressman, the one that, that passed away from Nevada. Um, I can't remember uh, his name. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, somebody can look it up. But anyway, they've been Harry pushing Reed. for the, huh? Yeah, Harry Reid. They've been pushing for this for years. And I think what it, you know, the fallout of this is that, and I've said this before too, that people with, with a little bit less believer um, ideas and a little bit less background, and people like scientists, academics, um, uh, media people, all this that never took this seriously. The fallout of all this junk is now that a lot of them are taking it seriously and talking about it in a serious way to varying yes. degrees of success, um, um, seriousness, insanity, whatever you want to call it. It's but it's good that that tide floated a lot of boats up. I've never seen so many serious people who have degrees talking about this and not just, you know, um, 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 the humanities, but also, um, you know, biologists like Mike Masters. I mean, I don't think he would have been able to raise his head above the above the, uh, the fence, you know, 10 years ago. But now he can. And it's wonderful. It's almost like they're undoing the ridicule factor that they put in place yeah. back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Um, uh, my my phrase was um, they're outsourcing uh, UFO research or crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing UFO research. <laughs> yeah. But is I mean, is that necessarily the best thing to do? I mean, we, we all know the kind of people that are in the UFO field. This is where I get hate mail. But, you know, there's there's good people, there's bad people, there's people that are on the fence. And then it's, it's like politics. You've got the hard right and the hard left. And you got the people that are in um, what was you what was your term for it, Greg? The the undisclosed middle or something the like excluded that? middle, yeah. the excluded middle. Yes, we are kind of the excluded middle for the most part. And I hate to sound like a arrogant snob, but we're really the people that are out there, like really taking a subjective look at this kind of stuff in different ways. You know, we're not we're not the gray aliens are here at war with the reptilians for the souls of humanity, you know, but yeah, well, neither a lot of the academics. I mean, shut up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I, Josh. I think I think they're taking a little longer view of it, a little more. You know, it's like, OK, something's going on, something yeah. that's been going on for a long time. And let's take it seriously for a while. And, yeah, there'll be craziness. And, yeah, there's, you know, some of them don't realize how disingenuous a lot of the UFO people are or the rumors are. But they find out eventually. Um, and it, it's I, I think it is a good thing to have more people looking at it rather than just skeptics and UFO fanatics. Um, yeah. Well, I will. Well, I will say this. I mean, I mean, to cut you off, Josh, give me one second, though. Sure. God, I feel like I just interrupted at the uh, music awards or something. But I will say that <laughs> since this stuff has happened, that you're now seeing a lot of um, less. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't know what term to use, but you're seeing more. um I guess scientifically involved people. I don't know how the term for it. You're seeing a lot of people that are going, okay, well, these are what these people are seeing. And now you're seeing people going out looking for patents and stuff that are out there. And all these new technologies have been found out about. Apparently the, um, the, the Tic Tac one matches very similar to a patent that the U S Navy has for some kind of laser, um, like three dimensional plasma. Laser wasn't it? Yeah, it was plasma. Yeah, exactly. Talking plasma is what they call it colloquially, I believe. Yeah. That plasma? Talking plasma. You actually wrote about this back on the UFO mystic days. Didn't you, Greg? I think I talk about, uh, about what's it called? 
conjugated laser something where they where they cross two laser beams and where they cross in the air it creates a plasma and they can move that around by moving yep. the lasers around. Yep. Yeah, I just I just saw your reference to that and it defies language. Um, the other day I was thumbing through it for something else. Yeah, and there's other things too. I just looked up recently. Is there any way to project things into into thin air? And yes, there is. Mm-hmm. There's a, a way to um, project things where you gather dust or mar- or, or uh, you can you can trap dust or, mo- or, or, or or moisture molecules and droplets in a certain place, and then you can project something on it. And I, I saw a picture of it online. There's just like a little thing in somebody's hand that's the size of a marble. It's like, well, if they can do it the size of a marble, I bet they can do it bigger than that. Yeah. Well, we also preparation for Project Bluebeam. They've been working. I was going to go there. (laughs) They also have some kind of a flying contraption, which apparently it looks square with a ball inside of it, for lack of a better term. And that is what a lot of these people are describing as seeing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the specifics of how it works, but the Navy does have a patent on this device. Um, Apparently, it's for screwing up uh, missile trajectories or for fooling planes into thinking uh, their radar or that there's more planes in there than there actually is Mm. or Something mm-hmm. like that. So because yes. of I heard rumors this was drone technology and that's exactly. what a lot of this is about. I can't put all of it down to that, but no, it's no, you no. know, in a lot of cases it sounds like that might be part of it. And taken all together, this is the disinformation thing that people that are looking into this and looking for that chatter can be traced. Yeah, that's the one of the beauties of the information age. And they did say in the hearings there was a point in there where they were asking him, well, what kind of people are suppressing this? And the guy was like, well, some of it is military and some of it is corporate. And the, I believe her name was, last name was Luna. She was like, well, let the record show that these companies are putting this stuff out there at the expense of the, uh, of the safety of civilians and military and things like that. But again, the guy was like, well, I can't talk about that in the open right now. I can't, that's not something I can discuss, you know, openly and I'm not allowed to, or what have you, you know, but, He's strongly alluding, you know, he was he was saying things that that people weren't saying, you know, like, yeah, there's there's corporations that are behind all this. Yes. So and if you want to take that into the realm of the woo woo, then you step into which all of you guys are going to be familiar with what I'm saying and probably listeners as well, that if you're a company like Boeing or another private company, you could if you have a crashed alien craft they would be the people to get it because they're not subject to freedom of information checks or anything right. like that. That's yes. private business. So you could, you could theoretically take something like this and funnel it to one of those companies and be like, here, take this, take it apart, figure out what it is, or see if you can make something out of this or do something with this in some way, shape or form. Well, yeah, that's, um, the, that's the Phil Corso. Um, he, he started that, I think, or yeah. at least started it in a way that we're all familiar with now. What was what um, was interesting is when AOC came out on this whole thing, and she made a video that basically started with people don't trust the government and they shouldn't, and uh, then went on to you know government spending for you know defense stuff and and relating to UFOs, and she kind of came in neutral on the on the idea of UFOs. But pointed out that 50% of the defense spending goes to private contractors who are not accountable for that money. Exactly. And if that's the case, then that opens up a whole different Pandora's box out there because it's always the thing. Again, people are going to notice me say it, but whatever technology we know about, there's 10 years more of advanced technology ahead of us that we don't know about. Easily. So the technology we got now is that we know about now isn't that bad. It's pretty cool, you know, and at the, at the, now, now you, you take it a step further. Now we've got artificial intelligence involved in this stuff um, so that the potential for this technology to grow in leaps and bounds 
faster than the average citizen or information finder. Like, like th- this might actually give Nick Redfern a run for his money with his stuff that he's always investigating or what have you. Yeah. But you know, it's just, um, it, so I, I, the idea that some of these crafts, and in my opinion, probably a good majority, not all, I will say that not all of them, um, I think are probably some kind of military experiments or tests or things like that. And what better people to test them on than commercial pilots and military pilots to Absolutely. see how they affect them, you know? Yeah, the command structure and the people running these companies, I think they know if this is going on. As that, long as they're not hurting being, anybody, they can get yeah, away with exactly. it, exactly. I mean, the commander knows what's going on. So if yeah. something gets out of control, the commander or the command structure can do something about it or, like, call it off or whatever. But past that, they kind of want to know how people will react. I mean, it's the same thing that happened when they – broke into those submarines, I think nuclear submarines, in, in port in the 1990s or 80s, I think. Mm. And I think one segment of the Navy or some part of the, the uh, defense um, structure uh, decided to see if they could break in a, break into a nuclear submarine and steal things, and they were able to do it. They didn't tell the other people they were doing it, um, which is slightly dangerous, but it, it was done. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean – I don't know if I have documentation on it. This was told to me by the guy that was saying that that was trying to turn me into a uh, UFO fanatic that would spew out disinfo that he would feed me. Um, If I might provide some anecdotes and my own uh, prediction for the future, which will probably age like soured milk. But (laughs) but if if that's okay, I'd like to. So at the beginning of the month, I was attending DragonCon down here in Atlanta, and I was on several panels, one of which was a UFO panel. And I was on that panel with um, a seasoned paranormal investigator. Um, I, I don't know why I wouldn't be able to share his name, but we'll just leave it out for the time being. But he said that he had a friend of his who was a commercial airline pilot, and he would always ask him over the years, you know, um, what do you see in the sky? And for years, he would say nothing. And then... He was in the past six months, he's come to this investigator and been like, I'm seeing stuff all the time. We're hearing about stuff all the time. Um, so I don't know what that represents in terms of an uptick. I don't know if we're seeing, I mean, you know, you've got to place all this within the context of a, of this cold war that we're in. Um, but you also, you know, if you want to take a look at this as being genuinely anomalous, you've also got to place that in the context of, um, you know, sightings of UFOs around time, times of conflict and times of international strife, like the you know World World War II and the Foo Fighters or the the Glasnost wave, as as Valet talked about. But I think really the most interesting thing that I walked away from uh, this panel with was I posed a question to the audience, and we're talking about maybe 150 people or so. And I asked them, I said, and of course, it's a very biased audience, <laughs> very biased sample in this regard. But I said, okay, of of those of you who are gathered here. Um, how, you know, what, how many of you think that UFOs are genuinely anomalous in some instances and about, you know, seven eighths of the room raised their hands. And then I said, how many of you think that we will, um, get some sort of truth from the government at the end of the road on this? And about a third of that, uh, cohort raised their hands. And then this is what really floored me. And I, I shared with this with Greg the other weekend. Um, I, I closed out this little round of questions by saying, how many of you think that, of these truly anomalous UFOs, how many are extraterrestrial in origin? And about three or four people out of that entire room raised their hands. And I don't That's really know wonderful. what to, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of biased in that regard. I was, I was expecting quite the opposite, but um, I don't know what everyone else is thinking, but it, it does sort of underscore the fact that I think a lot of people are getting on board with 
exactly how strange this phenomenon is. And, um, you know, as I said at, at that moment, I said, I'm you know very happy that people see this because if your disclosure doesn't contain something that shakes the foundations of reality, if it doesn't get really weird, metaphysically speaking, it's going to be a partial disclosure at best. So, so my sort of um, prediction for where this ends up, you know, a lot of discussion is centered around this um, amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act, which, as I understand it, as the time of this recording is in jeopardy with the possibility of a government shutdown. But um, there's language in there specifically relating to the release of documents surrounding, uh, you know, non-human intelligences, either bodies or craft, et cetera. And the UFO community is quite excited about this. But the thing they keep on saying is we're really excited because it's based on the same language that was constructed, that was crafted for the Kennedy files. And and <laughs> as, as Richard Dolan himself pointed out, like, yes, we have 99% of the Kennedy files, but we have what the, the first question is, A, what's in that 1%, <laughs> which is probably the most important stuff. And B, of that 99% that's been released, it's been redacted so much that it yeah. looks like Swiss cheese. So yeah. what, so what, do, so what do we walk away with? from the Kennedy assassination in towards, you know, almost here in 2024, what's the sense? And, and the sense is that something strange went on. We're not getting the whole story, but there's definitely something odd about it. And that's where I think we'll probably end up at the end of this disclosure flap is a general sense among the, the public that yes, there is something strange going on, but we can't really put our finger on exactly what's going on. That's, that's my um, ill-advised prediction for what we'll see at the end of all this. Well, you also have the fact that interdimensional has replaced extraterrestrial to a lot of people. I noticed that they brought that up a couple of times during the hearing, but I mean, it's like, it's just a, you just switched out one unknown for another unknown. Well, and, and I don't think people really realize how odd that definition could get because now you might as well be talking about, you know, Tiernanog and, um, you know, the other world and even the afterlife, like these right, ideas right. that are just ancient and quite frankly, superstitious, which believe me, I'm, I'm completely on board with. <laughs> um, but like, that's, that, that's the sort of language that you're actually seeing introduced when people start talking about dimensions. Like they've been conditioned by superhero films to think of things in terms of the multiverse. And right. I don't yep, necessarily right. think that's what we're, what's, what's being discussed. So I, yeah, it's, but what it was a, but an at least thing to see that to get its time and time on the floor. Yeah. At least with extraterrestrial, we can be fairly com confident that there is life somewhere else in the universe. Agreed. Um, whereas interdimensional scientifically doesn't mean anything at this point. Also agreed. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, but yeah, I, we don't even know if other dimensions, we don't, we haven't been to other dimensions. Yeah. We haven't opened up a door to them. So it, that's, we, we don't fully know it, what it means. Yeah. It's well, kind of gobbledygook. It's like a catchphrase. It's like, it's like, it's well, like Josh said that the multiverse, you know, I haven't really done, I haven't been paying as much attention as I should because whenever I hear quantum, my eyes glaze over <laughs> and I kind of, I, I dissociate. Right. Um, but I was, I am under the impression, um, that sort of string theory in general has fallen out of favor amongst a lot of physicists in a, recent a, years. That may or may yeah. not be the case, but that's what I believe I've been hearing. No, that is true. Well, yeah. It was stuff. replaced by quantum. <laughs> I guess a lot of stuff has changed. A lot of, um, ideas have changed, but the idea that there are what appear to us as other dimensions, I think has gained traction the scientific community and i can't say for sure but i think there's even been some quasi experimental evidence for that where things are affected or appear in a way that makes sense if you think of it as a as a multidimensional yes universe yes. or reality right. 
Um, but you know, not not something that's that nothing that's changed the paradigm yet. No. Uh, plus, well, you, and, you also have stuff that where we we think we one of the ex, I forget what particles they are. They're particles. I know they had discovered them moving through Antarctica from outer space. If I'm remembering right, and they seem to be moving backwards in time. Yeah, time as we know it. That's the other thing that's falling yeah. apart is the is the concept of time and. The, the, the idea of retrocausality really interests me, and it has for oh, the past yeah. few years since I first heard about it. I know you guys talk about it. Um, and if that's the case, then as uh, I was talking about um, information theory mm -hmm. to another researcher, and he's, I said, well, I'm fascinated with the idea that everything that exists at its base is pure information, and only the fact that we're looking at it, that human consciousness interacts with it creates the physicality out of that information whereas before that it's just information not anything yeah but once we start interacting with it it becomes atoms and electrons and and muons and mesons and all that other stuff um and he said well don't you see that if we live in a physical universe this ufo stuff is is just crazy it's just it it's really hard to believe but if we live in an informational universe it's normal <laughs> yeah yeah which right. i thought was a, was a wonderful you know that that's like a touchstone uh, uh phrase for me the other one and i just I, I don't it's not really related but it's related to the disclosure thing and i and this was um i was talking i still talk to bill moore occasionally and i was saying something to Moore about something that i had talked about in project beta i can't remember what it was um but he said, and I was saying, you know, why why do people keep coming at me with like, where did you get this from? It's like I got it from more than one source. I put it in the book because it made sense, and it, you know, and it wasn't just. And if it was one source, I said something. Yeah. And he said, you shouldn't be upset because I don't know. He he, he said you shouldn't be upset because they always think it's about them. Mm. And what he meant was UFO researchers, UFO fans. People interested in this, the minute the government says something about UFOs, they think it's about UFOs in the way that they think about it. Right. And it's it's I, I, I agree with Bill. I'm almost certain that it's not. I think the UFO thing has, is peripheral to what's going on now. It's just that making a big stick about it in public is very useful for some reason. I also think, and I've said this before, too, that as soon as whatever is going on is finished, successful, unsuccessful, Whatever, whenever the UFO issue has outlived its usefulness, it'll just stop. Yeah, I'm, See, I'm it'll almost, go away and come I'm, back again later when it's needed yeah, yeah. again. Yeah, I'm almost certain of this because that's what's happened in the past. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of hope I'm wrong, but the other thing I've said a bunch of times, I hate to say it, um, disclosure is like asking the parent that always lies to you to tell you the truth just this one time, and if it doesn't, if it isn't what you already think, then you're lying. Then the person's lying. Right. Well, and plus, you know, they're they're bringing people like Bob Lazar back, and it's like, okay, we're 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 gonna do this again. And there are so many people out there who didn't know the Bob Lazar story before he came back again, and it fits with going what's going on now. It fits with things Grush is saying, and, and you know, so people are like, oh no, this Lazar guy's on the level. Yeah, well, that's the other problem with UFO and other re a lot of people is there. You approach if you approach the paranormal with binary thinking, you're screwed already. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not true or not. It's not there or not. It's not you. It's not aliens or not. It's all those things and none of them. And you have to keep your mind open the whole time 
or you'll just you'll just be lost. And when people like like Yuri Geller, I would give that as an example. It's like Yuri Geller is a fraud. Other people, Yuri Geller is absolutely real. He's both. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he. I'm pretty sure he's both with the heavy emphasis on on charlatan. Yes. But not always. <laughs> no, and he's he's done quite a few uh, lab tests that have been you know remarkable on what he's come up with. Uh, yeah, I but, cite some of those to people, and they you know the skeptics like, oh, all the scientists must have been fooled, or they in yeah. league with him. It's like, well, I can't win with you, so let's just stop. <laughs> At the same time, you know, if you're doing a public performance and you can fake something or hope that it really happens, you're if you're smart, you're going to fake it. Yeah. In furtherance of being on TV more, in furtherance of continuing your career, and in furtherance of of uh, uh, you know making ma- making people interested in something that you know is real, and that's 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 across so many right. disciplines. I mean, the, the, the contactees did that. Yeah, I think people would be amazed at how many large scale concerts that you see are pre recorded. Oh, you sure. Know? I mean, it was it was a scandal with Millie Vanilli, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like it, it happens all the time. Now. Yes. It oh does. God. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the, I'm very into like an, an um, electronic music and stuff like that. And a lot of the people that go up and DJ and stuff are like, yeah, some of our shows are definitely pre-recorded depending on the size of the venue and the event and right. how many people are coming through there. And they're like, yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, yeah, so when you see yeah. the twisting knobs and stuff, it's like he might not be doing anything. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's, it, and, and I get it. You know, it's, it's a logistical thing, too, because, yeah. like, as you alluded to, like the size of the venue kind of makes it impossible sometimes to actually coordinate sound across the stage because you're getting reverb and stuff. But like by the skeptics logic, those musicians can't actually play their instruments. And that's right. not what's right. happening. You know? Yeah. Well. Sometimes, I mean. Well, yeah, sometimes, but <laughs> you got, you got, you take my meaning. You take my meaning. You got some old rock and metal bands who literally cannot perform at a good level anymore, and they just lip sync to their stuff. But you, but you take my. Yes, meaning. yes, no. Your meaning is is solid. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah it's, it's, effect. it's, it's, it's the same effect. The music is there. The music has an effect. The music is music that they used to play, and so the effect is the same, no matter what the no matter what the delivery system. But it comes from a place that's legitimate. Yes, and I mean, it's it's not unlike saying, oh, you learned that that violence in movies is fake, then all violence must be fake. Right. What? Wrestling is not real? What are you talking about? No, wrestling's (laughs) the only real thing on television. (laughs) That's right. You know what? You're right. It's the only thing. That's the most profound statement I've heard in a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only (laughs) thing that just comes out and tells you exactly what it is and does exactly what it does. And and this all just puts me in the mindset of the fact that very few books on the paranormal I think have aged as well as uh, Pat, uh not well Patrick Harper's Demonic Reality is a personal favorite but I would say that George Hansen's The Trickster and the yes. Paranormal has aged even better um, yeah because it's yeah. just it's a handbook like and it just you know I I think that even if even if there's nothing supernatural at all it still works <laughs> like his yeah. his sort of his his line of thinking still works the psychology still works. Things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the, the fact that, um, oh, I know what I was, it's, this made me think of the first time I realized, realized this non-binary thing, which was so late to me, but about six or seven years ago, I heard George Knapp interviewing Jim McLennan, who did the Entity Letters book about, I can't remember the name of that, that, that Midwestern group that did, did paranormal experience, experiments, ESP presented and all that. Um, you know, moving objects inside closed things, or I don't remember. Uh, it's called the Entity Letters. It's by okay. a guy named Jim McLennan. 
But anyway, what he said was when he watched what was going on there at the at this place, he realized that a lot of it was fake, but he also realized that a lot of it couldn't be faked and wasn't. Yeah. Um, in this in this years long paranormal study being taken taking place in this one house um, amongst uh, about um, I don't know a, a group of a, a group of experimenters or researchers. I think Hanson was actually involved with it for a little while too. Um, hmm. Sh- Shan- uh, Shannon Taggart, I think, told me this. Um, yeah. But go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it almost becomes sort of a fake it till you make it sort of thing, where by empowering the imagination through miraculous results, the actual miraculous steps in to bridge that gap. Yeah, it's a Peter Pan thing if you believe in the magic works. Well, and and you have sort of the opposite thing happening with like a lot of poltergeist cases where they start out as legitimate phenomena because whoever the source is is stressed out, is putting that energy out there. And then as they start getting attention, like the Enfield poltergeist being one of the best examples, once they start getting attention, the the, the activity dies down uh, because they're not as yeah. stressed. And then they start faking stuff because they don't want people, they don't want these people going away. Yeah. Arguably, you know, the contactees, you know, fulfilled a similar narrative, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's why, that's why I mentioned it earlier. Exactly the same thing. You've put a different spin on it, but I totally agree. Can I bring up something real quick that might be a little left field, but I want to put it out there before I forget about this. Oh God, no. Absolutely. (laughs) The one thing that I found very humorous and rather surprising about all of these hearings and everything, there was the hearings and then there was the big afterwave of everywhere on TikTok and social media and everywhere. UFOs are real. The government has this big disclosure thing, blah, 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 which really it wasn't, but the overwhelming thing that I thought that was hysterical was that nobody cared. Everybody was like, that's great. Am I going to be able to, you know, are they going to pay my car payment? Are they going to put food on my table? Nobody cared. Nobody. It was like, great. Aliens are real. You know, these are average people. And they were like, yeah, they want like, you know, people not like us at payroll to close attention, but the average person watching this, they're like, okay, well the government just said aliens are real. That's nice. Now, how are you, are you going to fix this problem? Are you going to fix that problem? Are you going to keep the government? Nobody cared. You know, and I don't know if that's the new generation or whatever, but at this point, people were just like, yeah, whatever. That's okay. Aliens are real. Great. That's nice. They're flying around the sky. We don't care. When you're having trouble putting food on your table and you're stressed out about paying the rent or medical bills. Yeah. yeah. Aliens are not going to be, you know, unless it's something you're really into, it's not going to be something that's, that's a big deal to you. You're like, yeah, whatever. That doesn't help me right now. I didn't even see any kickback from the church or anything, because usually the hard right religious people like, no, no, these are demons. These aren't aliens. And you don't even you didn't even hear anything from those people, you know, like nothing. Well, you know, and uh, that add on to the pile of that, the fact that faith in all of our institutions has been completely broken. I mean, what what I'm fond of saying is I even said this at, at Dragon Con. I said. Imagine the person that you didn't vote for in the last presidential election. Now imagine they're president and they're telling you that aliens are real. Do you believe them? Like, I, I don't care where you <laughs> fall on the political spectrum. Like, the answer is no, you know. But here's, here's the um, other thing. At no point has there been an official government announcement that aliens are real. Well, if there were, would anybody believe it? Even if they, even if they brought... You know, like if it was like the Dave Chappelle show where they brought the alien out on stage and he's like, this is Bebop. We're leaving the planet. Everybody's going to die. Peace. We're out of here. You know, no one's going to believe no matter what is said anyways, no matter what they put out there. Unless, right. right. You know, believe if they believe already. 
Yes. Yeah, everybody's already carved the stone. Even a, I, even at this point, I think if a alien, if a spacecraft were to land on the White House lawn, people would be like, "Nah, this is this is the Democrats trying to do this, or this right. is the Republicans yeah, trying yeah, to exactly, do this." Exactly. And so, so what in that scenario would constitute something that would push people over the edge into believing? It has to be the personal experience, I think. Yes. And that's, yeah. If it affects your daily life, then it makes a difference. Right. So yeah. I had seen a post on, I think someone put it up in Reddit, and it was, I think, a Twitter post initially that said uh, government, uh, like government uh, officials announced that uh, alien technology is here. It is 100 to 1,000 years ahead of us. And I went, okay, when was this announcement made? And when I Googled it and tracked back that statement, it just went back to the guys who witnessed the TikTok, who are retired Navy people saying... Oh, to me, this looks like technology that's a hundred or even a thousand years ahead of us, and that got twisted into this headline of government officials announce. Yep, and it's like that's not yep. that's not what, and people just eat it up because they don't do that. They don't check where that came from. They see it and they assume it's true because it's what yeah. they want to hear. A lot of it's clickbait too. Just yes, to get, you know, screaming headlines to get people to pay attention, which have little or no relationship to what's in the actual text of the article. Yes. If there and is if you want to go a step further, is this is this Russian or Chinese or whatever uh, social engineering hackers just putting more stuff out there to muddy the waters? Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but could that be what's happening? God, I feel like that, like Giorgio, could it be aliens? It's possible, but, <laughs> you know, because that is that is a thing now. You know, you continuously have these other countries now that technology is a thing, social media is a thing, social media engineering, all of these things. Um, this is all stuff now. You know, are, are these just people that are just putting more, you know, more muck in the water to to muddy things up and just keep people endlessly distracted? I think it, it, it was a quote in Project Beta. The UFO community is perfectly capable of disinforming itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So that o- overheard at a UFO convention, it said, which I did overhear it at a UFO convention. I thought it was a great statement. Now, Greg, tell tell people who don't know, like when you were being fed information, what what what? How did that come about? How did it make you feel when you were kind of in this this whole thing? Do you do you know about this story? I I, I believe you've talked about it before. Okay, in the whoa, just dropped my headphones. In the mid nineties, when I was doing Excluded Middle Magazine, I got introduced to this guy who said he was from Naval Intelligence, and to prove it, he would tell us. Um, my friend Richard Saraday and I, Richard introduced me, late, the late Richard Saraday. Um, he said to prove this, he would tell us things that were going to happen in the news, um, you know, within a few days or weeks. And he did it. Like the there was a, a stealth fighter that was captured in Sarajevo during that during that conflict. He told us about it like three weeks before it was announced in the news. So you step in and tell somebody, I know official stuff. I know information that you don't know. And to prove it. Here's something, you know, here's something to prove it. Here's a little, you know, here's my bona fide card. Yeah. Um, and he did that more than once. He told um, Richard and I, I didn't do it. Richard did to go down to the Burbank airport where Lockheed Skunk Works used to be at the time where they had part of their headquarters there. And to stand up at the runway at a certain time, and the stealth fighter would fly over. And this was like right around what was announced and nobody knew where it was 
who made it or anything. They just knew that possibly it existed. And he went over there and it flew right over when he said it would. So apparently the guy has some connection to some sort of official, you know, he knows things that you're not supposed to know, but he's telling us. So that's the first step. Tell tell you something that you do not know and then have it confirmed. Yeah, earn and your then confidence. They, yeah, and then they start telling you things that you have no way of proving. Like he would show me pictures of, look, look at this picture taken at Area 51. And it was like these weird flying saucer things. Um sort of looking occasionally like the stuff Lazar was talking about, that sport model thing and all that. And I looked at them and I, I, I don't remember if I said this, but I thought it I was like, Jesus, that really looks like Photoshop. Um, <laughs> some of them didn't, but most of them did. So I figured all of them were. But what? he started showing me these pictures of UFOs at Area 51, and here's a special thing I wanted to show to you to show you what's going on. And he gave me like big long papers he wrote about what was going on and how he saw it and you know how, how people like me and my friends or people I knew were being let in on it and then he started asking if I would I don't know if he asked but he gave me stuff with the idea that I would publish it in the zine and excluded middle so I at, at one point I did publish something that he showed me or gave to me under the table but I also expressed um, skepticism about it just because I didn't want to hang my ass out there and say, look at this. Right. Like, this is interesting. This has been shown to me. It could be anything, but you know, you know, it, it, uh, take it under advisement. And when that was published, the guy wrote to me and he was furious. He said, you do not change things. We give you, you do not do this. Otherwise we're not going to give it to you anymore. We talked about that on my show once when I had you on, but the, the, the that's, that's a great way to get disinformation out there because like, here's a whole bunch of stuff that's true. And then we'll give yeah, you a whole bunch works. of other stuff. And then it'll be like, well, the other stuff he gave us is true. That checks out. So this must be true as well. Yeah. Plus you know, we think that you're special and you're the person we need to tell. And you know, there's, there's yeah. a big ego thing going on too. So and, if, if they give you that information and you published it and you change the wording of it, and he flipped out. Is that because they want to see they're trying to track where the information is going by how it gets changed or what have you? That might be part of it. Also, there might I didn't change it. I just said, here it is. But you don't have to take it to 100 percent seriously. Yeah. OK. It may or may not be true, but he wanted me to present it as 100 percent true. You changed the uh, you changed some of the punctuation on the Serpo stuff, right? <laughs> that that oh, was boy. that. That definitely seems like that sort of a thing because it, it. I was reminded he, of it when. No, no, uh, that was Victor Martinez. Oh, it was Victor Martinez. Okay. Um, no, I didn't but, get any Serpo stuff. That was Martinez. But that was, but that was the thing that happened where punctuation yes. was fixed. It was like do and not spelling fix it, too, it wasn't it? Is. Yeah. Yeah, he fixed the punctuation, the spelling. He was told not to do it, and he kept doing it. So they took him off and put that uh, got Bill, that Australian guy, Bill Ryan. Uh, they gave, they started giving him the stuff because Martinez kept changing everything and. I think the stuff was put out there, and I've said this before. I think it was put out there because it had coded messages in it, and they 100%. wanted to see who could see who could figure it out. Well, I, I was put in the mindset of that too. I recently saw um, Elon Musk was looking for uh, leaks at Twitter after his purchase, um, and he sent out a, you know a company wide email, but each email was tailored to one individual in terms of. Yeah. A punctuation or an extra space or something in the code. Anyway, yeah. it was it was done such that it looked like it was a, a form letter, but it was actually, you know, yeah. several thousand individual emails. And so when it was leaked, they knew exactly who it came from. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of amazing that people wouldn't think of that, but it's easy to it, it's very easy to figure out why somebody would release that kind of stuff because of ego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And if you throw something out there and you know somebody's ego is invested in it, they're going to – they're I just call them repeater stations. Like some people are really good repeater stations. They'll just spit out whatever you say to them because they think they're the chosen ones and they're, they're – that they're the ones that have been chosen to, 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 to reveal this to the world. And this has happened over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, we, and I don't know if that's what was going on with me, but I can certainly see all, I could certainly see all the hallmarks of it, especially in retrospect. I may be horribly paranoid for about a year. I, I thought people were, the guy told me people could listen to my phone conversations, which you could. Yeah. Um, or he could, they could see what was on my computer screen outside the house. Like, how can they do that? He goes, it was a way to read the, the way, it was a CRT screen, but a way to read the the uh, magnetic um, fluctuations in what your TV screen's putting out. They which, can read what's on your computer which, screen. Which this sounds, is like before real internet. Yeah, and I mean, that sounds like something that might actually work. It probably did, and it probably was based on something that actually did. But I saw, I, I swear I saw people taking pictures of my place when they drove by. Yeah. And, my mail was opened, and that wasn't that wasn't an illusion. It was definitely opened and destroyed and well, messed it up and mangled. And it was only from certain people. Didn't didn't you also have someone walking in the apartment above you, exactly where you were in your apartment? I don't know what happened that night, but yeah, my my landlord or somebody above me. And I worked a night shift. And I used to do the magazine. I do the layout and all that stuff. I worked a night shift three days a week, so four days a week I could do whatever I wanted, which just gave me incredible freedom to do the magazine and do research and write, and learn how to paraglide and all this other stuff. But I'm up at four in the morning, like working on something. And I go get up and go to the bathroom and I hear the guy and there it's like a family upstairs. So why would anybody be up? And I walk into the bathroom and I hear footsteps on the floor above me going into the bathroom. It's like, Oh, he's going to the bathroom at the same time. And I went and sat down and did something. And then I forgot something in the front room. So I walked out to the living room and the footsteps follow from my room and are right over my head as I go out to the front and back. It's like, well, that's coincidence, I guess. And then I started testing it and it kept going on and I got more and more and more. I mean, it, this went on for like 10 or 15 minutes. Whoever it was, was just matching my foot or I thought it was. Maybe the illusion was placed in my mind somehow or who knows. Or maybe it was a but, poltergeist. Or maybe it was a poltergeist. I don't know. I went and the cool thing was, well, I don't know. I went in my room and I remembered what he said about reading stuff off my screen and in big font on my computer and like Microsoft Word, I typed, I know what you're doing, cut it out. And it stopped. <laughs> I mean, I mean, which freaked me out too, but also made me relieved at the same time. It was a really weird feeling. This, this, this puts me in the mindset completely unrelated at first glance, but that's exactly what you hear in a lot of these Bigfoot stories, when people are paced out of the woods, um, yeah, you know, yeah. it, 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 it matches yeah. their footfalls and stops when they stop. So I kind of wonder if it might it have been created. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't, you know, a, an agent of some sort, if it was actually just an aspect of yourself. Um, yeah. I had, yeah. I had other things going on, like the noises in the bookcase where the, where the kachinas were that sounded like insects crawling around or a mouse or something making noise. And when I took the kachinas out, it stopped. Hmm. And when I, when I, I would, I could turn my head and look at it and it would stop because I'd hear it behind me or to the side. I turn my head and look and it would stop. And then I turn my head back and it would go again. And this was in your current, your current home. No, no, this is when I lived up the street. In another oh, okay. okay. Uh, like a bigger apartment up the street. And, uh, and, Ritzman used to talk about stuff like that happening to him all the time as well. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And it was when I was like heavily doing my magazine and heavily involved in this stuff. And to the point, I mean, I still am, but I was just finding it out and it was a huge rush and I was paranoid at the same time, just all this emotion and stuff going on in me at the same time. 
And that's when these weird things would happen. I mean, I, I, there were probably other things too, but I've forgotten them. But those are the ones that really stand out in my mind, the kachina cabinet noises and the footsteps above me. I know I would probably be freaked out about it for a little bit. And then I would try to start to screw with it. I would try. I know how my brain works where I would be like, okay, if this is happening, this happening, let's see if we can tweak it and see what we, it's like a video game when you're trying to find the boundaries of the ways that you can mess with a video game or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I, I know that would be what I would do. I would get real freaked out for a little bit and then I would probably accept, okay, this is happening. So I might as well try to see what I can do with this. But that's just the way my weird brain works. Well, I, I would hope and think mine would too, but I was just co so consumed with with paranoia about it that after a while I just wanted all the negative stuff and all the all the all the like suspicions and thinking I was going to be poisoned and all this other stuff. I wanted it to stop. So at some point I made a decision to stop thinking that way because I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I just like this like act of I will not have this invade my brain anymore because I can't live like this. Yeah. And the funny thing is, a lot of the stuff stopped when I made that decision. And that, it was like I used my own brain to shut off the paranoia-inducing stuff, some of which, a lot of which, other people could see, like yeah. the opened mail and stuff like that. All right, let's take a <laughs> quick break, and we'll, 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 we will be right back. Quick mid-show break here. Um, so first of all, Alba Twitch is coming up, and uh, if it hasn't already passed when you're listening to this... It will be on the uh, the 14th of October down in uh, Columbia, Pennsylvania. I will be there. I will have copies of the documentary. For more info, take a look at the video I put up, the actual video video where I talk about all this stuff and all the upcoming stuff, including that and um, the uh, Strange Realities Conference, as well as updates on the book I'm working on and such. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out. But come find me at Alba Twitch if you're going to be there. I probably won't be there till later in the day since I can't actually get the rental car till 9 a.m. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good four to five hour drive. So, yeah, close to the end, I will be there. Um, okay, so uh, contact info, everything's at wheredidtheroadgo.com. Uh, if you want to send us a stories, a story or stories for the... Um, Listener Stories Show. It's stories at wheredidtheroadgo.com. And uh, if you just want to talk to me about something, you can use that. Uh, you can also write me at contact at wheredidtheroadgo.com as well. All right. Recommendation for this week. I had almost forgotten about this podcast. It's only three episodes. Um, so it's called Time Bombs. And it says, uh, created, written, recorded, produced, and released in just one week, Time Bombs is a new audio drama podcast about the hilarious world of bomb disposal. From the team behind the Webby Award-nominated sci-fi audio drama Wolf 359, ride along with EOD technician Simon Teller on the busiest night of the year waiting for him and his team, uh, uh, the busiest night of the year for him and his team, when business is quite literally booming. It is a fun podcast. Like I said, unfortunately, it is only three episodes, so it's not even an hour total, but uh, it is well worth checking out. And if you're familiar with Wolf 359, you will recognize at least one of the voices. So it's been a while since I listened to it, but I just remember really loving it. Uh, but like I said, it was just kind of a limited one-time thing. 
but that's my recommendation this week, the Time Bombs podcast. And that's all for this mid-show break. Looking for something to do after Halloween is over? Are you into the strange, bizarre, and unusual? On November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the Strange Realities Conference is coming back to Nashville, Tennessee, and streaming online. Come join us for three days exploring mysteries, supernatural, the occult, weird history, and more. Featuring lectures, presentations, and workshops by Tim Banal, Zach Hunt, Leslin Vance, Bryn Collier, Tobias Whalen, Brent Rains, Joshua Cutchen, Kiki Dombrowski, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Christopher Ernst, Aaron Gullius, David Metcalf, Timothy Renner, Mallory Samwitzki, Soraya Azkap, and special guest Steve Berg as your Master of Ceremonies. Make sure to join us for the fun and informative weekend online and at SIR Nashville November 3rd and 4th and online only November 5th. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. You're listening to Where Did the Road Go? And I have Joshua Cutchin, Greg Bishop, and uh, yeah. Rosian, is it? Yep, that's it. You got it. You got it. You All right, Ro. Yeah. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I, I feel like I, this podcast. I feel like you've you've been on this show before, long ago. Live. It's been a while. Live it's in studio. I was going to come out again, but because of everything that's going on in Michigan right now with the UAW and stuff, um, my wife works for one of the factories that's on strike right now and it kind of put the kibosh on me coming out there. So we'll make I'm, it I'm still going to come back out to them. Good. Good. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to, to point out here is that you had, we had, I think this newest iteration started with the New York Times article and then the To the Stars thing. And, you know, everyone, when the To the Stars thing started, they're like, they're going to they're gonna solve the UFO thing. We're going to find out everything. They had that carrot on the stick mentality. It just kept going, kept going, kept going. We got nothing. But what we did get is a lot of stuff that was proven fake being put out as real. And it seems like this is one of the things that has continued you get stuff like these people put something out that is genuine, that is not genuine, that is known to be not genuine. And then when they're called on it, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong video. But a lot of that stuff is real. And I'm not sure what the mentality is there. Probably the one we were talking about earlier about um, the, 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 the a lot of it's fake and a lot of and some of it's real. And you kind of have to figure it out. And people get that carny mentality about it where, you know, I'll, I'll, please fool me again because it's just so fun. I had um, my friend Skyler, the one that passed away a couple of years ago. There was a there was a kerfuffle about um, uh, Travis Walton um, a few years ago that he had you know that some more evidence had come up apparently and that he had faked it and all that. I didn't think it stood up the test. I don't know whether Travis Walton faked things or not. I'm, I'm pretty sure in his mind he didn't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the original thing that happened was not fake. Um, I'm not but, I'm not convinced it was aliens, but I think he had a very real experience. Yes, exactly. Um, but she said something which I thought was hilarious online. She said, I don't care if it was true or not. I was entertained. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, well, you and know, that's what this is to a lot of people. It's entertainment. Well, you it know, is. It's fun to talk about. Soraya, there also might be sort of a media strategy at, at play there, too, because, you know, people read – People read releases; they don't read retractions. True, yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I remember when the uh, the Blink One Eighty Two guy was on Joe Rogan, and he's like pulling up videos to show Joe, and 
and they're fake videos. And Joe's like, that's <laughs> fake. That looks obviously fake. He goes, no, all the stuff on YouTube is real. And Joe's like, all the stuff on YouTube. Okay. You know? <laughs> Wow. That's willful ignorance. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I don't, I don't think he was part of uh, some like devious plan. I think he was just a pawn in the whole thing. Yeah, maybe. Um, the, the, the thing, and I think I've talked about this with Josh and a few other people, the, the, the subject itself will take the most respectable person and the higher they are, the further they fall when they, when they buy completely into the UFO thing. Like they'll hang their hat on one big thing. And then, you know, everybody else who is not this, you know, learned scientist person goes, that's fake. Right. And they're horribly embarrassed by it if they ever admit it. But even if they don't admit it, which they don't usually, people just move on. But that, that happens over and over and over again. This is this is another Hansenism, though. I mean, it's you yeah. talked talk about communitas and this idea of social leveling across these phenomena where it's it will make you look silly um, yeah. and it will, yeah. you know, but, it all, but it not only does it, not only does it, um, does it bring the highly positioned low, it also elevates those of low position higher. So it all sort of levels out. Mm-hmm. That's funny. It's almost like that Whitley Strieber thing that the, uh, the visitors are trying to v- reveal themselves in the most democratic way, po- way possible by, you know, <laughs> yeah. start, starting from the bottom up. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, it's funny. It just, that just reminded me of that leveling thing. Cause it's exactly what the, the visitor thing is, or that's his view of it. And, you know, every, <laughs> I, I tend to believe it, uh, coming from Whitley, uh, who so, I respect as a, as a experiencer and a great artist actually com- com- communicating what's happened to him as art. So, so, and I agree with that, but I'm always puzzled when Whitney will, uh, Whitley will align himself with people like after the Mexico slide thing happened the roswell slide thing mm-hmm. he, he was he did a show and i mean the the whole thing was like maybe there's more to this we gotta you know we're gonna have him on and we're gonna talk about how this might still be real and it's like well, we we know it's not real like are you just is this just bringing clicks you know like yeah if it was just some doofus i wouldn't care but for some reason if he's interested in it even if he's wrong to me, it's just part of the tapestry of who he is and what he's interested in. And since he's an artist and has made some incredibly insane claims from the very beginning to most people, yeah, I think that's why he's let off the hook for a lot of it amongst amongst the public. I mean, a lot of people have written off and all that, but um, I, I will go back to the statement I have about Whitley. It's like, why do you believe him? And I say, why do I believe the Beatles? Why do I believe Vincent van Gogh? Why do I believe, you know... Um, the, 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 um, what Stanley Kubrick, whatever it's because there's truths there that are not literal truths, but they are, um, they are universal ends and, 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 um, you know, soul truths or yes, something that we can all hook into. And if you, if you get granular about what's true and what's not, you're missing the point. It's like looking at, you know, one square, one, two square inches of a, of a, of a impressionist pointillist painting. It looks like a bunch of dots. It makes no <laughs> sense. But if you look at the whole, you know, eight by 10 foot, you know, painting, then it, it starts to make more sense and communicate something that those few dots don't. And that's kind of how I think about Whitley and a few other people too. Yeah. So you're basically referring to ufology as chaos magic. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it's, 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 it, it, it is, it is bringing up things. It is what you make it. 
and it also throws you a loop every once in a while, giving you something that you didn't know what you, that you asked for. So, Rosian, you said you had a few questions for Greg. Um, well, we've kind of moved on, but I, I can guess I can backtrack yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we can bit. backtrack. It's fine. All right. You had said that beep, all of this beep, stuff. Beep. <laughs> you backing up. We need the, uh, the from Wayne's yeah, World. Yeah. Um, but you had said when all this stuff was going on that, you, you know, you just wanted it to stop because it was driving you crazy and so forth. If that were to start happening again now, now that you're older and things in your life are different, and obviously your viewpoints are different now than when you first started this stuff, how would you embrace this kind of thing happening now? Would you, you know, do like I said, where you poke at it and try to play with it a little bit, or would you still be like, leave me alone? I might. Um, I was offered the chance to like open myself up to alien, whatever contact or whatever. And I said, no. And this was about, this was while my wife was still alive. And they said, why? And I said, because I like my life right now. I don't want it. I don't want it changed. But at this point, I might. I might play with it a little bit and see what's going on. The thing is, if you open the door too wide, you'll never close it. Correct. Or it'll be really, really difficult. Now, I don't know if I want, I don't know if I exactly want to be in that position, but there's various degrees of what's going on. If it was a paranoid thing, I can control my thoughts about that. But if it's something where stuff starts flying off my shelves or I have a run of bad luck or whatever, no, I don't like that. Yeah, (laughs) right. But now are you saying you did have an offer for more stuff to happen? Was that a hypothetical? No, no. Some, uh, a, a UFO person, like a contact person said, do you want to meet, you know, you aliens? And I said, no, I don't. I really don't. I thought you said because, that was relatively recently, Greg. I didn't know it was back then. No, no. This was like, yeah, it was like three or four years ago. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess relatively recently. This is separate from the paranoia thing. And, Although and, I did, go ahead. Did you think they actually could get you in touch with alien intelligence? Probably. Can, can you elaborate? Um, I would have to do certain like practices and protocols, which okay. would be a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, too much be a like work. <laughs> yeah, it's work. The thing is, I had the other off, not really an offer, but basically the same thing from uh, uh, Jeff Ritzman. I had him on my show a couple of times, I think, and he said because we we just I think I had him on two shows and he wouldn't say anything. It's like, no, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it in the air. And I finally, I was like, it's like Jeff, just just talk about it. I mean, it's 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 not going to be your fault if something happens. Just talk about it. I went through the exact same thing with him because he was trying to he made me the offer to go down to Gettysburg to a cabin that was out there. And he's like, if you want to do it, you know, let's go. And I think I made the same decision you did. I said, you know what? I don't think I want any more strangeness in my life or anything like that. Yeah. That, that, I had gone that, with Jeff. I would, I don't want to strike out on this on my own. I'd have gone with a partner. Yeah. Now was, was this the, um, uh, what's his name? I, oh man. I've just listened to a few episodes. He was on, uh, the house, the haunted house in Gettysburg that they got all yeah. the activity at. Yeah. yeah. It was him and Jeremy went there yep. and, yep. uh, there was an old woman there and she was free. There was a, like a ghost of an old woman there yep. and she was known for baking cookies and the house I, would smell like cookies and stuff. I huh. think one of the last shows he was on with me, he had taken a 3d imager there and I think it was this house. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and he got an image of a doorway where there's no doorway. And he's like, that shouldn't be able to happen, and I don't know what to do about that because there's no door there, but the 3D imager is imaging a door there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff And Jeff offered uh, the crystal he had that he got the entity. He's like, if, if you if you want to put the crystal to your head, I'm like, damn right I will. I'll come down and see you put the crystal to my head. Unfortunately, it never happened because yeah, I, I would I would have jumped at that. I, I did jump at that. I just didn't. We never actually met up in real life. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I that's didn't, I didn't meet up with him either. We talked on the phone a lot, quite a bit, but I never met him. That's the thought that I always have when I visit, you know, a, a place that, you know, a paranormal site is that, uh, you know, I, I oftentimes say to myself, I'm going to take this so something will happen to me. And like, I can handle strangeness happening in my life, but you read these stories and you look at sort of the anti-structural nature of these things. And like, I can handle a ghost in my house or seeing a Bigfoot outside my window or something like that. I, I can, I can, I know, I know I'll get through that, but like, I can't imagine the sort of guilt that i would have if i brought a rock home from the tnt area in point pleasant let's say and i had you know financial ruin or somebody that i loved got a terminal illness or something like that's something that's like yeah i'm just gonna leave this here as much as it might you know draw as much as i might get a kick out of this the the repercussions could be much more serious than just seeing strange things. You know? And how much of that would be because you believed that would happen too? Also true, the the, the psychosomatic thing. Yeah, like so, someone who knew yeah, nothing both. about any of that stuff could have picked up the same rock, brought it home, and nothing would have happened. But you might yep. have a, a string of bad luck. Oh, yep. creation! I brought one home, but um, I picked it up on the road near the TNT area, not from the actual TNT. So is this a yeah. thing where people have taken rocks from the TNT area and had bad luck? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying in general. I think about okay. you know people taking things from ancient monuments and those stories of people taking things from volcanoes, national. Yeah, the suicide yeah. forest. When you take a rock or something from the suicide forest in Japan, people very often they have a whole area, a thing just set up where they get stuff mailed back to them all the time, saying, "I don't want this. I yeah. took it. My life yeah. has been hell since I took it." And I had a buddy who actually had something that was taken from there and given to them. And they were like, no, no. And they mailed it back. That's how I found out about the whole return service that they have there. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole, uh, what, what, uh, Bobby Brady, uh, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Brady bunch, uh, taking the piece of volcanic rock or whatever. And that's a real thing in Hawaii too. So that's where they got it from. Oh, I thought that was from the, um, from the Brady bunch with the Tiki. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. Cave. <laughs> yeah. It was a tiki, yeah. But I think that there's a real thing. You're not supposed to take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The story no. is don't take any, uh, any volcanic rock from Hawaii because Pele will get mad. Mm-hmm. I, I say that looking at my goblin rock here and kind of wondering if that was wise, but. <laughs> oh yeah. You, well, you gave me a, uh, one of them. It's sitting on my desk right now with your writing on it. Yeah, I gave a bunch of my friends goblin rocks. I, I uh, found the directions to get as close to the Kelly Hopkinsville goblin site as I legally could. Um, there were, it's a private residence now, and there are some, some signs saying that it's under surveillance. So I stopped the, stopped the minivan on our way back from St. Louis and scooped up a handful of rocks from the road on the property side. Actually, it's Got funny back. you should say that because I actually have a rock here that's sitting on my desk. There it is that I got when we were all together down at the first Paramania down in Texas when we were at the graveyard. Oh, lifting from up Aurora, yeah. Yeah, from Aurora. We would, yeah. And very frequently people will post pictures of that rock in that graveyard, and I'll be like, I remember when me and Josh were dumbasses and tried to lift that rock. Oh, yeah, I helped you, and it was all covered with spiders underneath. Yeah, you guys jumped up and left. Yeah, You guys jumped up, and I'm holding that rock, and spiders are crawling up my arms, and I'm not sure what to do because I would drop it on my foot. Yeah, yeah, you look like like a little scared little chihuahua. Your legs and stuff were shaking, but there was also a tree behind us with a bee's nest in it, a big bee's nest. Last and right, we were like, well, yeah. there's nothing under this rock. Let's put it down. And Greg didn't get the message. So you just sit there trying to hold on to this giant rock. Yep. I remember that very well. <laughs> yeah. I have a rock from there too, but it came from the supposedly the well where the, they had thrown the pieces of the, 
the spaceman's uh, spacecraft yeah. down. So I, we were there, and I found a little piece of masonry or something that had been pressed into something that looks like a shell or something. Anyway, I have that. It's right here. That's that's it. So we're all banging our rocks from the Ohio site and from the from the Texas site on our desks. I have a rock too. Yeah, so do I. I got one at Exeter when we were there a couple of weeks ago from the from the first sighting of the Exeter UFO. Mm. That's right. Yeah. So basically, somebody contacted you and said, "Okay, if you want to meet aliens, you know, do you want to do this?" And you were like, "Nah, it's that sounds too much like work. I don't think I want to deal with that." Um, it wasn't like work. It was more like I like my life right now, and I don't want it turned upside down. Yeah, but I also work. That. But <laughs> also, also work. work. Yes. <laughs> I don't have the time to put in immediate restaurants. How, how did they define aliens? Did they define them as extraterrestrials or just other intelligences? Other intelligences. Okay. Other corporeal corporeal intelligences. Hmm. See, to me, that still falls into the alien category, which yes. takes a lot of people off. Yeah. Is it human? No. Okay. Therefore, it's other. Therefore, it's alien. And when you, yeah. and, I, and I piss a lot of people off when I say that. Sorry, but I, I make a lot of people mad when I say that because the, everybody's got this preconceived notion that these things are alien creatures from another galaxy or from another planet. And in my head, it's like it's not human. Therefore, it's other. Therefore, yeah. it is alien. Yes. Well, you know? non-human biologics is the term that all the ki- cool kids are using nowadays. Yes. Well, that's even a better term, though. That, it, is, that, it is a better It's more appropriate, you know, because I'm this. Th- I, this is where I get people angry and stuff, because everybody will come at you and they'll be like, well, this isn't this isn't extraterrestrials from another planet. These aren't nuts and bolts craft. It is this. We think it's this or I think it's this. And I'm kind of in the category where it's like, well, it's very well could possibly be all of the above because I'm in one of those people. It's like, you know, the blind guys going up and touching the elephant. Sure, each person sure. doesn't part. So even if they did come out with, OK, well, we actually here's proof we have aliens. This These are uh, nuts and bolts crafts. In my mind, it's like, OK, that's great. That that is a piece of the puzzle, but yeah. that's not the whole puzzle. Yeah, and a lot of people get locked into yeah. that. Where, you know, everyone yeah. wants that theory of everything. And yeah, the truth is, no is everything theory for this. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a theory. There are so many different explanations for things that seem like the same phenomena. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say I would love for it to be, you know, extraterrestrial human dead time travelers from other planets that are also riding organic amoeba jellyfish sky critters through, you know, I want it to be everything. Yeah. There's no such thing thing. as that. So when I tell people, yeah, I believe that I I have no problem with the idea that extraterrestrials, nuts and bolts crafts have visited this planet may still be visiting this planet, but that doesn't explain everything. And I'm comfortable with saying that, but but people get really bent out of shape about that. Even if, like I said, if the government had said, yes, aliens are real, you know, you still would have a lot of people saying, no, that's not the case because this, this, and this happens. And my attitude is, well, yeah, that is happening, but now we have this piece of the puzzle for this. Now we can put that aside and concentrate on what this other stuff is. And also, you let's, know, let, let's be clear, despite what people may think, the United States government, nor the, neither them or the military has come out and said, extraterrestrials are visiting our planet. I, I don't think they're going to be able to. I think, no, but, uh, what, uh, but there's, know. there's this belief that the government has acknowledged extraterrestrials. Yes. People who work for the government have suggested it. People who claim to have worked for the government have suggested it or flat out said it, but nobody has offered actual proof. Nobody in any official capacity has come out and said, yes, this is true. I mean, that's why they're having this congressional meeting. So the people in Congress don't know either. 
Yeah, but what are they going to say? I mean, they're probably saying the same things that we are. They're like, we don't know what this is. We can't say for sure that this is extraterrestrial because, again, they're the government. You know, they've their access to a lot more information than we are. Yeah, a lot more and there's data. a very good chance they're just looking at this big pile of information going, what are we supposed to do with this? What do we tell people? How do we tell people this stuff? And, you know, and, and how, you know, they're probably in the same boat that we are right now talking about this stuff. So they really can't. What are they going to say is, well, we know that this is extraterrestrial, but we don't know what this is, you know. And, but under the old mentality of, well, people are going to panic because, you know, X, Y and Z. Or as like I said earlier, they said, yeah, you know, and the, the grand scheme of things, even though they didn't. And the people's impressions in people's mind, the government admitted UFOs were real and people didn't care. So now it's even crazier. They're like, well, we told people UFOs were real. Nobody cared. It didn't seem to distract them very much. Now what do we do? You yeah. know, it's like Greg said, this is all going to go away and it will be replaced again by something else as the technology, as the news and stuff evolves. The, congr but I will the say, congressional hearings about Bigfoot. I don't, oh, man, I wish. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see that. But, uh, you know, I don't it's it's. It's like you. It's like you guys brought up earlier that uh, what you know, Greg was noticing that a lot more things are being shown to be be showed as fake or or you know this this is definitely bad information. That is one of the beauties of the information age, where everybody can get out there and track this stuff down. Whereas back in before in the old school days, information and ways to find stuff were not readily as available. The technology wasn't as good or whatever. True. Now you know, people can get out there and track this stuff down. Like what happened down in Mexico when they showed that that body or whatever that paper mache cake thing was or whatever, you know, people are like, yeah, let's see some more about this, you know, but right off the bat, people were like, this isn't, that's not right. This isn't real. This is, there's, there's something fishy about this. And I'm kind of blown away that the Mexican government was like, Hey, you know, here you go. You know, here's, yeah. here's an alien body. I'm really curious what red pill would have to say about all this. Cause he's down there in the thick of that for the most part. But, um, you know, that was right off the bat. People are people are beginning. It seems like they're they're because, as Josh said earlier, possibly that nobody has any faith in any of our institutions or anything. So now everything, you know, is questioned. Everything is looked at with suspicion and everything is very hardcore investigated um, more so than I think you're going to find on the news or what have you anymore. I will say that. Although, obviously, a nuts and bolts extraterrestrial explanation cannot be ruled out, I don't think when you really look at the evidence, that's the most likely answer. Like, and I think, No, I don't either, but I do think it's part of the puzzle. Yes, it, well, maybe. I, I'm not sure it is. I, I just won't rule it out because I, can't, I, I don't feel like we can rule anything out until we know what it is, and it's probably Josh many, probably many things. his tongue right now. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, well, this, this, this puts me in the mindset of something that was mentioned on, you know, I... I watched the Corbell Knapp interview on Joe Rogan uh, just just to stay up to date with what they're saying about all this stuff, and you know there was an allusion at one point to <clears throat> to uh, you know what could be such a big secret that they need to keep that they need to keep you know under wraps, and and I I do agree with that to a degree. Like you know what I, I don't think that aliens are that big of an <laughs> ontological shock um, compared to what might truly lie behind the phenomena, which is a complete reworking of our understanding of reality. Yeah. And that seems to me like something that you would have to keep under wraps because, you know, if the truth comes out that, Hey, guess what? You really are a reincarnated soul <laughs> on this planet. Um, then all of the, 
power which authority structures yield a wield rather sort of just evaporates overnight because yeah. no matter what happens like what's the worst that they can do to you they're going to kill you and you're going to come back you know so i think that that it's it's like I'm, i've been fond of saying and people are probably getting a little bit tired of of me saying it but um you know which upends your worldview more that reality looks like close encounters of the third kind or that reality looks like the iliad like i know which one affects my day-to-day life more you know <laughs> but again, is anybody even going to care anymore? If it's too much of a concept for people to wrap their heads around, they're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. They're going to go back to, I need to put food on my table. Yeah. You know, the, str- the struggle they- to survive for most people outweighs their interest in this stuff. At this point, I think so. And uh, I mean, I'm sure it's part of what they're trying to distract people from as they continue to, you know, the the elites continue to raise prices and gouge everything and make life harder on the rest of us. But hey, look at this UFO stuff over here. Aliens. And everybody's like, who cares? (laughs) That's great. That's nice. You know, and then you've got us going, well, nothing was really said of any real substance here that we we don't already know. So. There's, Maybe we're just, you know. So there's a, there's a uh, Apple TV series called Invasion. And despite the generic name, it is actually a really well-done series about an alien invasion. Uh, it brings consciousness into the question. Uh, it's subtle. And at the same time. listening to all our shows and reading Josh's books. <laughs> and well, But the thing is, I'm like watching it going, man, if this happened for real, because it's so subtle, like people don't know exactly what's going on at first. They think there's terrorist attacks and all this other stuff. I'm like, our government could literally pull this off at this point without an actual alien invasion. And like, I I feel like if I were in that universe, I'd be going, is this real? Like, are these real aliens or are they they pulling something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of been the overlying prediction for all that, that. That goes back to Project Bluebeam. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's not a new concept or theory at all. No, but this show definitely like you could see it if you watch the show. And I do recommend the show. It's actually really good. Um, and like I said, there, there's there's it, it has a, a cup very interesting twist. I've never seen in an alien invasion movie before. And, well, series or movie. Um, most alien invasion movies are pretty much aliens come attack us. We We end up defeating them. This, this, like I said, is subtle and is not clear as to exactly what's going on, even two seasons in. Uh, speaking of alien invasion media, did anyone happen to catch No One Will Save You yet? No I have one not. Will save You? Is that a movie? It's on Hulu, yeah. Oh, I will mark that down. Yeah, it looks pretty intense, but I haven't seen it yet. What is it's it? It's not at all what I thought it would be. Um, it's, it's a... Uh, told from uh, the perspective of this girl and... Um, uh, she's she's a younger lady, and it's uh, the film has. I didn't realize this until I got into it. The film has one line of dialogue. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so it's almost like quasi experimental in that way. But um, I thought it was interesting. It got it got kind of ecology of souls there um, in certain parts. Um, and All I'm right. I'm itching. I'm itching to talk to someone about it. Okay. All right. I, I will make a point of watching it. It's, it's worth seeing. Okay. It's worth seeing. Um, there, there, there's some little tidbits that you don't normally see in UFO media that I, I found really interesting. Like, um, this isn't really a spoiler, but if anybody really cares, um, there are certain appearances of, of the, the beings in it that are accompanied by the ringing of the bell, which is something oh. that you don't. You don't hear in the literature. You don't don't ever see depicted. You kind of don't really run across it in the literature a lot. But it's something that Ray Fowler talks about sometimes. Is that yeah. there's this chime or this bell ringing that happens before they appear. So it's 
kind of interesting in that regard. There was some, some homework was done for, for sure. All right. We're out of time. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? JoshuaCutchin.com. J-O-S-H-U-A-C-U-T-C-H-I-N.com. Um, and I just recently released my first novel, Them Old Ways Never Died. Uh, so pick up a copy from Amazon or write me and I can sign one and send it to you. Rojan, where can people find you? Uh, my podcast is still up and running. Um, I still put out episodes every once in a while. You can find it at projectarchivist.com. I'm also the sometimes co-host of another show called Old Nerds Drinking, which is at oldnerdsdrinking.com. That's pretty much uh, like a nerdy show talking about Star Wars and just deep conversations and you know nerdy topics. And then I also now run a Facebook group called Cinema Labad, which is dedicated to B-rate science fiction, grindhouse movies, um, you know, stuff like that. You can find us over there and we're getting ready to fire up um, a Discord channel for stuff, you know, to be able to view all these really old quirky movies at some point down the road. So you can find that find that over there, too. And uh, it's Cinema Space, uh, L.E. Space Bad. All right. And Greg? Um, still radio mysterioso.com. The last interview I did with was Diana Pasolka. There are, uh, many more coming up that I have in the can and a few people that I'm, uh, actively pursuing right now. Uh, one of the shows coming up is, um, is a, a big dump of, uh, David Perkins stuff in honor of him and his passing, uh, last month. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you all. I want to give a shout out here to all of my patrons. It is because of you that this show is possible. And I want to give a shout out to those pledging $10 or more. Greg Ross, Billuminati, Leanne Cherry, Matt in Delaware, Allison Cook, Super Inframan, 36 Dingo, Tim, Andrew Nichols, Matthew Sproul, Christine, a blue second gen MR2 drifting around a Japanese mountain, Patricia Gaiaquinta, Alex Whitcomb, American Rambler, Andrew Maines, Ann Witowski, Barbara Fisher, Beverly Williamson, Big Boy Limina, Bright Rectangle, Charles Davis, Charles in Florida, the head of the crazy incommunicable, CJ, Craig Parmenter, Diane B, MTK, Eric Citron, Eric Todd, History and Coffee, Jay, Jay Otto Bullet, Jack Huntington, James Lindsay, Jim and Sophie, John Mattingly, John Bracken, Carla Mahoney, Kevin, Kevin Shrek, Cool Kitty, Kristen L, Laser Printer Jam, Lauren McLean, Linda, Linz Jackson K, MJ Armstrong, Mark Brady, Mr. Weird, Oli Andre Olar, Paul Jeffries, Philosopher of Mirrors, Riker and Stark, Ron Dupre, Sam Sharon, Schmooples, Devourer of Mortal Souls, Stacy Sherwood, Strange Stories with the Seeker and Skeptic Podcast, Tactical Therapist, Taylor Bell, Thunderboy, Tyler Glimstead, Varosh K, Vincent Trewell, Will Gebhard, Will Powell, Ren Collier, Annabelle Smith, Caroline Walker, TDT Skunkworks, A Crocodile, and Craig Sagastumi. Thank you all so very, very much. All right, there's a short Patreon extra for this one with uh, myself, Joshua, and Greg talking about some other stuff. And continuing this conversation, if you want to become a patron, it's only $3 a month. And uh, I don't plan on changing that. It's been $3 a month since we started this Patreon thing back in, I don't know, 2015 or so. And you get extra content almost every week, plus extras, plus extra extra stuff I throw in there as well. 
uh, for being supporters of the show. I appreciate the hell out of it. And of course, if you, you know, if you want to share it, give us some five-star ratings, things like that. That's also very much appreciated. I want to welcome a few new patrons this month, or this week, I should say. Uh, Ariadne, if I'm saying that right, I hope I am. Uh, Deb, Maynard W., Samantha Colahan, Matthew Bolton, and Ancient Hangover. I like that one. That's good. As I said, I'll be at Alba Twitch on the, uh, on the 14th down in Columbia. Come find me if you're there. That's Columbia, Pennsylvania. For anyone who doesn't know, just look up albatwitchday.com for more information. All right. To take you out, I have a new song from Vrangvent, and that is V-R-A-N-G-V-E-N-D-T. And they just sent me a new song called My Restraint. Yeah, you can find them at vrangvent.com, and they're on Bandcamp and stuff like that. So if you like their stuff, please go check it out. Go pick it up. And uh, I will see you next time.
have been listening to Where Did the Road Go? This show is made possible in part from our Patreons, and we thank you and everyone listening for helping us continue this exploration of the strange. You can always find everything Where Did the Road Go related at www.wheredidtheroadgo.com. And thank you so much for your support. <laughs>